two village idiots with a love-hate relationship. See, you got fat. So you still look like a 15-year-old girl, but not hot. Who can't stop arguing over Oklahoma sports. You know what, man? Why am I still talking to you? Come on, we were doing good there, man. It's the Just Okay Sports Podcast. Sierra Nation, Thunder Nation, we are back. This is the Just Okay Sports Podcast. I'm one of your village idiots, Daryl. I am here with my brother, Jared, and the one and only Troy is back in the house. Finally, Troy, welcome back, my friend. What's up, boys? I see y'all. Missed y'all. A lot of work, moved houses, a lot of things going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You got got a different background. You didn't just drywall your windows. I have a question right off the bat. What in the bleep is that timer? (laughs) Yeah. Why why don't we have a five-minute timer? What is that? We are trying to maybe not make the pod seven hours long. That's okay. That's all. Okay. For, for, the, for, the, for the video, for the video production quality, is that going to okay. be in the video? Have you tested? No. Okay. <laughs> One, have people complained about this? There's only like two people that listen, Troy. We're trying okay. to get more. So have one of have any either of the two complained of how long the pot is? No. Two. I'm on for the first time in weeks. This is not going to be a short pod. Oh I promise you that I have a. I don't think I don't think anybody's ever complained about length. Well, Daryl wants to. Daryl wants to get back to it. He's got things to do. Oh Lord, this is just okay. Sports podcast. We do Oklahoma <laughs> sports here. That's Sooner sports. That's Thunder sports. And to derail this and try to get us back somewhat into normalcy, please like and subscribe if you like this very average average podcast as we get going. Uh, let's start with this, uh, just because we felt like we were actually going to get to talk about it. We don't. And that is the reality that the big 12 championship game will be Oklahoma state. Wait, hang on. Yeah. We're not doing a weather report. We're not doing our typical weather discussions. No, I'm moving on. Just, I'm moving on. We're not even yep. following. I, I want to see how you're doing, Daryl. I haven't seen you in a while. But, but you have to understand we had Dean Blandino or Dean, whatever his name is, Brando. On the broadcast, telling us about the winter storm for about three quarters of the broadcast. Daryl's already very frustrated. I'm. This was a good choice might, to get on here. Yeah, I, might I made. I made song. the. I made the right. The I right dude. I. Here. I love that you're here. I just want you to know that. <laughs> What's a flow, please? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Daryl. De- Dean Blandino. Dean Blandevins. Brando. Tim Brando. Tim Brando. Uh, Sorry. I know I said Dean Blandino. Brando. Freaking idiot, dude. Can we just... Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that when we get the, the, to the game. Because I'm trying to follow the flow that we're already skipping around in. So, take the lead, sir. <laughs> there will be no flow. I guarantee that's, you that. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. But, anyway. So, it's going to be OSU and Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Um... I mean, it's been a weird year. Who knows what happens? But I would definitely think that uh, Texas boat races Oklahoma State in this game. Do you guys agree or oh, the, disagree? Te- Texas is going to absolutely body. What's the initial Oklahoma line? State. Do we know what the initial line is? Uh, that's a great question. Of, I, don't I don't even know if, if there's yet. been one released yet. Yeah, I mean, look, Texas's Texas offense is at, or sorry, their defense has looked. Well, it's been a weird. I don't know. Like, I feel like their defense has not been as dominant as what's been tried to be built. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
Sweat's really good. Don't get me wrong. Sweat's a, a dude. Yes. But I also feel like Sweat's a dude that if you if you keep running at him, then he can wear down because he's just such a big dude. But Sweat didn't do crap against us, by the way. Oh, I, I know. I know, but I'm just saying he is a guy that can affect the game. You guys um, want to know the initial odds? Yes. 14 and a half. Wow. Well, I mean, wow. when you think about it, though, Oklahoma State has not looked good no. since, since they played OU. Literally, OU and OSU have mirrored each other, right? We have not looked anything like we did against Texas since the Texas game. OSU has not looked anything like they did against us since that game. Like, both teams just got crazy if, up if for Houston, a rivalry game. If Houston didn't literally just, like, shoot themselves in the foot with a pump shotgun for a total half of football, then they probably don't win that game. Uh, yeah. Same with BYU. Uh, in the BYU today. Half, yeah. The whole yeah. game. I mean, early in that game, like, OSU was just trying to give give it away. And just as much as they had a three-score lead, it should have been four or five in yes. the first half. Yeah. Like, that, well, that and, game. And then the second half, you – like, I don't understand the play calling at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you were – I don't know. It was a very weirdly called second half. That was like a Jeff Levy at Kansas special. Well, sort of thing. I think what's once his bucket had like three or four really bad throws in the second half. I think the OC just lost all confidence in really letting him push it down the field and do anything with it. They well, kept trying to do like the RPO thing. And it was like, you've done RPO on first down, like every drive, like, Mix it up a little bit. It was just weird. I agree. It just didn't. But I just felt like they didn't have any confidence whatsoever in their in their their team and their quarterback. Yeah, and I mean to the other side of it, Texas has looked. I don't think they've looked great, to be honest. I mean, I know that they no. just beat Texas Tech fifty-seven to seven, but like that's the best. That that's the base. The best they have looked all since the OU game. That game. Yeah. That Tech game. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I was gonna say, I honestly like. Here's my assessment. I want to get your guys' take on it real quick. Quinn Ewers to me is like a very mid-tier quarterback with extreme athletes all around him. Yes. Like how yeah. many times he just throws the ball up and a dude goes up and get what I forget what the what's their tight end's name. Um oh Sanders, Jatavion Sanders. Yeah, Jatavion Sanders, that kid's good. I mean, worthy. Like they've got some playmakers on the outside, and like I said, they're tied in. And it's like if he didn't have those guys, like if they just weren't so physically imposing over the defense, then I that dude's not. Nobody's talking about him. Yeah, I I agree. Although I will say this, the one thing about the Texas stuff that I loved uh, was the two things, Jared, you mentioned earlier, them only showing the SEC scores during the game was amazing. And then two, them doing the video of your mark saying, I will be in Austin and I hope you guys win the game to Texas Tech uh, from earlier in the year after the game was over was definitely a nice flex by Texas there. Yeah. Yeah, then the CU in Arlington or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, so that leads into this. Who are we cheering for? I know who I'm cheering for, but I want to know who y'all are cheering for. OSU. I don't know. I'm, I'm cheering for OSU. Think I'm so. cheering for Texas. Screw Why? this conference. Why? No, I get I get that. But here's the thing. Texas is still my most hated team, period. I want them to lose every freaking game they play. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I'm willing to make an exception. And here's I have a broader reason for that. For one, screw this conference. Two, even if they win the Big 12, say they go blow OSU out 52 nothing, they're going to go to the college football playoff and get bodied by whoever they play. 
if they yeah. make it to the playoff. Or I don't, I don't agree with that. I do not agree with that. They're like it, it depends Was- on which Texas team shows up. It, yes, because Washington is beatable. Alabama's shown they are beatable by Texas and by Auburn today. Like they should have should have lost Auburn. That was an yeah. amazing. Georgia's amazing the only play. team when they are hitting like and playing well to the opponent that they're playing is the only team I feel like. Well, and that's maybe saying, Michigan. I, I think it's going to be Georgia and Michigan probably are going to be one two. Like that's probably the most likely one two. And if that's the case, I think Texas is going to be the fourth seed if they if they make it in and if they even do. And so if they do, I think Georgia or Michigan would absolutely destroy Texas. Let me ask you this. So. So. All right. I don't want to talk about the Big 12 championship. We're not in it anymore. Screw that. So. So, okay, what happens if because here's here's the playoffs. Let's we you you brought up the playoff. It's going to be Georgia. Let's say Mm -hmm. Georgia beats Bama. Okay. right. Michigan beats Iowa, which they will. Yep. Um, Washington beats Oregon, and Florida, I feel like the winner. Florida State think, beats Clemson. Is are we saying a Jordan Travis list Florida State is going to get in? Yes. 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 I I I hear what you're saying. They will get absolutely murdered in the game. I I don't disagree, and it will be interesting because you can see. Every year you can see them hedging their bets if you listen to them talk about the process, right? Every year, like in the same interview that they give those rankings, they will say one argument for a team and they will say the opposite argument for another team. And if you play out all the games moving down the line, you can see them hedging their bet. If this and this and this happens, we're set up and we're covered that we have the argument this way. What's more interesting to me is this. What happens if Alabama beats Georgia in a SEC championship by three? What happens if Oregon beats Washington by one score in the Pac-12 championship game? All hell breaks loose. Yeah. All hell's. All hell's well, and here's the thing. And, here's, and, and I just want to say, Florida State, by the way, I mean, they're, they're going to go to the, the ACC championship game either way, but they're only up by two on Florida right now in the third quarter. Oh, I know. And here's the thing: they're gonna, they could squeak by this game against Florida. And is it Clemson they play next? Right? They, sh- um, they should play Clemson. Yeah, in the ACC championship, right? Maybe they squeak by Clemson as well. But you're telling me because that team will not be near good enough to compete. They're gonna get in over a one-loss Ohio State or a Big Twelve champion, one-loss Texas. I'm sorry, they sh- like the resume <laughs> says yes, put them in. But it will be a ratings disaster if they get in. I mean, te- like here's the, that, and you really hit on it. Texas saving grace is the marketing of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've already seen that. We've already seen teams get into the playoff based more on their brand, and it was pretty clear over their resume. Correct. And Texas has a brand, so right. if Texas wins, they do have a way in. But I still think that they're going to have to have chaos in front of them for that to happen. They will, but I mean. Troy's not wrong. And like I said, the other day, that's why I said you could see them hedging their bets already because there were so many teams that were kind of clamoring for that top spot with so many undefeateds that all of a sudden the narrative changed from, because remember the last couple of years has been, you know, it's, it's the resume, right? It's the resume and who deserves to be there. Now this year, the, the whole talking point has been our job is not to find who deserves it. It's to pick the four best teams. Not about who deserves it. It's about which that statement 
makes my skin crawl. Like I'm sorry. Oh, 100%. Like like and I that that okay, is not then, the deal. Here's then here's the question. In y'all's opinion, who are the four best teams in college for, football right now? Take record out of it. Who are the four best teams? Georgia, Michigan, Michigan, Oregon, Oregon. Then it gets and, weird. I would probably say Washington, honestly. Yeah, I think Washington's probably up there. Um, with Travis, it's Florida State, Florida State. no doubt. Yeah, it, wait, wait, it's no, there's no Travis. Travis right. is done. His career's right. over. Uh, for me, it's go. It goes Georgia, Georgia, Michigan, um, Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Bama. Those are the four best teams that I, I've seen I would have. I would have said that before the game today because they did look atrocious against Auburn. Yeah, when you have to when you have to convert a fourth and thirty one against a team that just lost to New Mexico State. Don't disagree with you, but also we have seen that that rivalry games are something totally different. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, no doubt, no doubt. But that I, team's I, I think. Game. But here's the thing, and you guys are gonna think. Just absolutely come after me for this. There, like I said, there's an argument to be made for Texas. Texas's lone loss is against Oklahoma, who's their rival. That's a crazy game, and right. they've won everything else that's been put in front of them, including Bama, who you just listed as one of your top four. On right. a last second, on a last second play, that yep. winning's winning, winning's winning. winning, and I don't disagree with you. I just again, if you're asking me the best teams. Like, if they played their best every day, I still think Oregon's the third best team. I understand that they lost to Washington. I, I agree. But I think I, Oregon's the third best team. And I again, think, that's what I hate about the statement of our job is to pick the four best because okay. Oregon does not deserve to be in right now. Okay. They were Hang beat on. by Dan, Washington. Dan Dan Lanning, let me put it this way. The way I look at Oregon, Oregon's like, I agree with you. And I think Oregon is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Big 12 or Big he, 10. Yes, agreed, agreed. I think I think the years of Michigan and Ohio State basically right. dominating that conference is going to be over with Oregon. The Big Ten up. got really fun next year. Yeah. And what's even, by the way, we're going to talk about this some later. What's even going to be more fun is that Big Ten with Lincoln Riley in it and no Caleb Williams. Can we just dude, like, how dude, fun will that be? I still don't believe he's going to go to actually, he's actually going to go there. I don't believe it still. <laughs> until, I, until I see him coach a game, I don't believe it. I mean, and 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 even like you got to look at the Big Ten. Like the Big Big Ten will be fun because Matt Rule, I think, has actually got Nebraska much improved in his first season. I know that they. I don't even think they made bowl eligibility, but they'll get I'm there. Five and seven. I do right. think they'll get there. But yeah, all right, so let's let's play this out. Year. So Daryl, you brought up the situation, right? Right. The more interesting situation, right? There's going to be a debate. E- any way this slices. Next weekend, there's going to be a massive debate and and there's going to be backlash from someone, right? right? But all right, let's play this out. Bama beats Georgia. Both yeah. two both have one loss. Um, Michigan loses to Iowa. Not gonna happen, but somehow, some way, Michigan loses to Iowa. Okay. Oregon beats Washington, and Florida State um loses to Clemson because they should lose to Clemson without Jordan right. Travis. All of a sudden, you have no undefeateds. You got a ton of one losses. Yep. Who makes the freaking playoff at that point? Bama, Texas, Oregon, and Washington. All four. I think they put two Pac-12 teams in. Two Pac-12 teams. 
If you look at Washington's resume, they have beaten Utah. They have beaten Oregon State. They have beaten Oregon already this year. Like, their resume is dumb. Dumb. I mean, they have more quality wins than anybody yep. on the map. And I think Oregon's right up there is the same. And then you got Alabama, who's beaten Georgia, and their only loss would be Texas, who would be in. Right? So... I think I think you're. It's going to come down to Georgia, well, Washington, and Michigan at that point. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Texas's advantage is going to be their brand. To be honest, it's about marketing dollars. Yeah. Um, but their record too. I mean, Troy's not wrong. They, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Their resume. The resume is good. I'm saying they're going to. To me, not to say all those others don't have big brands, but Texas going to a college football playoff after years of being not Dude, good. Huge ratings. Those, yeah. yeah, the ratings are going to be stupid. And you know that the Texas fans are going to be dumping money into whatever merch and things that they throw out there. So, Well, and that's the other thing, too, with doing two of the Pac-12 teams. This will be the first year you will have the Southeast, the Midwest, if you will, Southwest, and then you will pull in the West Coast with both those teams. You will literally it, have coast-to-coast buying. I, with I get it, but here's the thing. Who's the most powerful man in college football? Greg Sankey. He, there's no way he gets left out of no. like with George. I know Bama's in there, but like I, I do think Georgia gets in again. I don't. I don't. If it's close, man. Because look, those people in those rooms are going to bring up all the same things. The, the, what was it? The game control, quality game control or whatever. Georgia no. hadn't had it this year. They have not yeah, had they've, it. They've been in dog cloud with a lot of teams they shouldn't have been. So, I mean, but it will be, be nuts. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to Washington. It's going to come down to Florida State or Texas in the in the playoffs. Can we? Can we just now? Now, if but hold on, if it stays chalk, if Georgia wins, right there, right. And I think I think it's going to yes. If it stays chalk, it's going to come down to Texas versus Florida State. Here's okay. So I'm gonna. Here's my thing. First of all, twelve team playoff needs to be here even faster. It's going to be this is the year. Second, second of all, I still argue and like I've had this thought. I think what they need to do is they need to factor in somehow. Like, I think, I know this is like, almost sounds dumb, but figure in the computers again somehow. Like, take a BCS-style model. (laughs) And I'm not saying that it controls it, but I'm saying, like, make it a part of the formula, right? Like, they do their rankings, and it gets a certain amount of of weight. And then the computer does it because it's unbiased, right? And... It, it can spit out. It gets twenty five percent of the vote or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, but my deal like is that. when it gets to twelve, I'm okay with some bias in the sense of if they would actually do, which I haven't even read through all the rules of how they're selecting people. But if like, which now you're only going to have the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the ACC, and uh, uh, the SEC, SEC, right? Those four, SEC. right? SEC. Yeah. Those four championship uh, conference champions should be in, bar none. Right. Then like your highest ranked G5 conference champion should be in like that's five. Then you can do the rest and all the biasness if you want, in my opinion, like the whole the same little arguments of, okay, they both have one loss. But we like because at that point it plays itself out right now when you're leaving teams out that have really gone through a gauntlet, but you're picking a team because of brand and there's only four slots. It's annoying. But when there's 12. Then all of a sudden, like you get to have both. You get to have the brand and the bias, right? And all the stupid arguments you, you know, of ratings, but you also literally have a field product head to head win situation to pull it all together. You know, you know what I can't wait for for next year. 
what? Oklahoma State. Just coming out in the Big 12, getting to the last game of the season, fighting for a chance in the conference championship game. Tickets on sale, $10 a pop. 18,000 people in the stands. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. Dude, their crowd great. attendance tonight was a joke. I mean, like, I will give it to it looked miserable, but like yes. considering how, like, like, let me put it this way. I was at UCF. Yeah. Pouring rain and like, obviously, it didn't start that way, but it's like, dude, that was a packed state. I mean, it wasn't packed. It was probably 90% full, 80 to 90% somewhere in there. What, what, was, Jenny, than Oklahoma state. what was Jenny Carlson's view on she, this? She she oh, actually po- she actually doubled down and posted a I picture know. of the Oklahoma State one. I was I like, know she, I know she did. I know so, she did. Don't even get me started on that whole deal. But like, look, it was mis- it was thirty five degrees, windy, rainy. Like, I get it, but you should be at least half capacity. They weren't half capacity tonight. Not even no. close. Not no. even close. Like that that was terrible. But anyways, let's get off all these other people. Let's talk about our product. Our boys took care of business in the last game of the season. Beating TCU, um, you know, in a what felt like a very old school Big 12 game, right? Like as it just ran up the score like crazy. Uh, BV nearly lost uh, for the season right at the start of the game, if you didn't see that, as he trips coming out of the tunnel yeah, in the midst of the been, He probably should have been a concussion protocol. Dude, the, how he didn't get severely hurt is really incredible. I mean, to be honest, like... And then, like, seeing the different angles of the amount of players that were stacked up on top of each other right there, like, oh, like, as much as, like, I want the guys to have fun, I'm always like, maybe it's not smart for us to do the smoke thing anymore when people are coming out because no one could see that. At least let's tone the smoke down a little bit. Let's, like, run one machine. (laughs) Um, Just put some dry ice on the field right there, please. Well, You know where I sit, Daryl? You know, we were up there, and we were watching them come out, and I was like, What's going on? Like, <laughs> why aren't you guys running? And then I noticed like somebody was down and and it was I was like, Dad, that's not the, right. The, the funniest part was somebody I never caught, I didn't catch who it was. Somebody like climbed over the box that has the smoke machine in it yes. just to get around the dog pile. Yes. I was like, This is amazing. Um dude, BV's quote in the post game was awesome as well. <laughs> like, yeah, it was everything he, was like, he said. Yeah, I was I was pissed. I wasn't pissed at anybody, I was just pissed. pissed. Yeah. And then he was like, and then I thought to myself, people die like this. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. how people die. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, let's get into the game itself. Let's start like we always do with the bad. Let's get out of the way because it was definitely a day to be excited. I think look, there's only one place to talk about, and I'll let Troy go first since he's back. I think there's tonight. not one place to talk about. Uh, the defense uh, was the story of the bad, I felt like, in this game um, overall. Troy, do you see it that way, or what was your worst of the day uh, in this victory? Hey, worst was easily the defense. Like I think we can all agree with that. Second was he doesn't get a nickname for me anymore, Gavin Freeman. Uh, yeah. yeah. Get out of here! I fight. I they kept putting him back at punts, and I was pissed off like every time. <laughs> I was so mad. I mean, yeah. it's it. The weird thing about it is, is it's like we talked about. It, it's like again, it comes down to the weirdness of like difference in punishment, I guess, because it's like how many muffed punts or close to muffed punts has he had? Right, and we've never put anybody else back there. But like I said, an offensive lineman gets. You know, makes a bat like makes a mistake, but like some of those you watch and you're like, yeah, like he blocked the wrong guy, but it's kind of one of those 50 50, you know, sort of things, whatever. It's a young guy, whatever. And it's like, but dude, Freeman's 
should not be making these mistakes. I don't yeah. I don't get it. I don't well, know how somebody else as Troy stated, it's for Muss. And you and I, Jared, have talked about this while Troy's been gone. The amount of times that he still fields punts, like inside, like the five, six, seven yard line where you should be letting that ball at least take a chance of going into the end zone and he doesn't. Um, the you've got a crowd of people around you, and your last muff is you trying to scoop up a ball off the bounce, like it's not like it was wide open spaces for you to grab that ball. Like just again, what what it seems to me is this. He read his own press clippings before this season. He's obviously lost his spot at wide receiver heavily and is way down the depth chart. And the only time he's getting to possibly touch the ball is on punt returns. And he is pressing to try to create something to create a narrative. And look, I get it. You want to play and you want to make a play, but you have to be smart and use your head a little bit more because hurting the team is not going to get you on the field at all. Being smart and putting yourself in a position to make good plays and to give us field position will. But yeah, he had a he's had a rough last month of the season for sure. I mean, he's had a rough season to be he's honest. had a rough season. Yeah, for sure. Uh Jared, how about you on on your worst of the day? Yeah, I mean, defense is definitely up there. I mean, the, the caveat I give, and I said this in the preview pod, and I said this in our Discord and everything else, this is one of the best offenses in college football, whether people oh. don't believe it or not. I, I I I do believe that. I think they're they have a lot of actually good playmakers, but again, the defense should have defense had plenty of opportunities to shut them down and didn't. So yeah, the defense was. I mean, and BV straight up said it. I don't even remember what his exact words were, but BV, BV was not happy about the defense, and oh, I don't think not. anybody was. No. Well, and so let's drill down on that a little bit, Troy. What, from your perspective, has, well, did, I guess, break down Saturday so badly for the defense? So the first half wasn't terrible. Let's let's call it, right? Right. They gave up 16 points in the first half, only three points in the second quarter. Right. It was the lack of energy coming out at halftime. They were up. What were, what were they up? 42-16 um, at halftime? I believe I so. it was something like that. Yeah, 42-16 yeah, at halftime. They think the game is over. Mm-hmm. That was that was my I – was, I was like, Dad, if they come out lethargic, then this is going to get to be kind of a game, and it did. You know, got to be within 14, then we had the fourth and one conversion, which was awesome, whatever, to salt the game away, essentially. The, the lack of energy – that specifically the defense had coming mm-hmm. out at halftime, they're not good enough to not have to just go through the motions and be Georgia and win by 30. They're right. not good enough for that. Right. They have to come with the same focus and mindset and energy from the from the opening kickoff to the final click mm-hmm. of the t- of the clock. That right. was that was my I was so frustrated with that. And I thought. I thought if either side of the ball was better at that, it was the defense, and they they did not. You know, you know somebody that did play good all day, though on defense. Oh gosh, I know where this is going. Bathroid, Bathroid was great. I love that guy. <laughs> Troy doesn't know what we're talking about because he didn't see the broadcast. No. Tim Brando kept calling Bathroid Bathroid. I yes. also heard that Tim Brando said we the only reason Drake Stoops has been good is because we lost our best wide receiver in DJ Graham. Yes, yes. and then referenced what the Nebraska. The- and then reference the Nebraska catch where Tim Brando said that he should have just dropped the ball instead of catching it because it hurt his team. Like I, the dudes, yeah, dudes to be. Are you talking about protection. two years ago? Yes. Yeah. 
Dude, you, I'm not even kidding. It felt like he is the largest TCU booster alumni. Hey, that could you know, possibly you know what else, be you know, an answer. This is how bad it got, Troy. TCU's got a really good basketball program. Yeah, he started pumping the TCU basketball program wow. in the middle of the broadcast. Yeah, he did. It it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. Um, so yeah, Troy. Or sorry, Jared. You. What was your worst on the defense drilling down? Like what stood out to you in that? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. I actually like looking back. Thought that the D line played pretty decent. I don't think they played elite, but they played decent. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> for those of you that can't see the the screen, Troy and I both are a little bit shocked at this statement. But we're gonna let Jared finish his his argument here, and then mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Troy speak on my behalf. I I will I will extend my minutes to to the chair. Uh, of Troy fight afterwards. Go ahead though, Jared. The, uh, the linebackers, I thought, um, like Stutzman is still great, but it's like, I do think Canick, Canick's a weird case to me. Cause like when he comes in the game, he's really good at getting out on the edges sometimes and stuff like that. But it's like, I still feel when it's like him just coming downhill, he's gets a little, like we were talking about, I, it's the same with Danny. He's, I mean, literally every game I say this, He's Danny Stutzman from last year where he's just not quite instinctual enough to be like fire off the ball that quick and be exactly where he needs to be. And which is what you have to have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it was just a weird game where it was just, you had guys that were missing assignments. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, I guess my worst thing is I'm probably going to go, uh, I guess just the overall linebacker play. I just feel like they weren't in their assignments a lot. I yield my time to you, Troy Pipe. I agree that the linebackers missed. It was just like last week. They missed their spots. They were not in their gaps. They were supposed to be. They were very, very unsound, undisciplined play from Kip Lewis to Kanick to Stutzman. Kanick, Kanick is starting to piss me off on him missing assignments. Really bad, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. Stutzman, I love you. Maybe the best player on our team. It was the first half of the season for sure. But now you need to come back because your coverage, your your pass coverage is not good enough. You need yeah. another year to develop. Yeah. It's not good enough, bro. bro. Yeah. Um, so that being said, should we go to the stats, Jared? Should we go to okay. the stats? Okay. Um, how many rushing yards did TCU have? I have no idea. 176 is the answer. How how many yards per rush did they have? Six point one. Six point one. How many sacks did the D line have? Uh, one. Zero. If we're talking about the D line, Reggie Pearson got the sack. Zero from the D line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They. But hang on. If the only reason they pressured him is when BV called blitzes, mm-hmm. the D line were getting, they were getting manhandled at the point of attack. They were getting pushed back on runs, and I get it that the TCU running back, what's his name, Bailey, he's 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 good, but we made him look like he was Adrian Peterson out there the way he was he's, running. Look, he's a thousand yard rusher. That dude's been putting up six yards a carry all season. His stats were literally becoming into this game were like five point something yards per carry on the season. He's quietly been one of the better running backs in the nation. No, no question. 
1,200 yards he's got this year, okay? No no question. But with the talent and the depth that this D-line has, there is no reason they well, give up six yards a pop. Yeah, but, but, I, but here's but – here's, here's, Go ahead, Jared. Go ahead. I just want to interject. There's If you also go back and watch some of those plays, there was the play where they ran an off tackle and ended up going for like 30 or 40 yards. The D-line holds – and does exactly what it's supposed to, and Kip goes inside and doesn't hold the edge. It, it was 100% on Kip. Kip should have stayed outside and held contain, and he didn't, and the guy runs right past him. And so I, I understand what you're saying, and I, okay. I, don't feel, I don't feel like they got pushed around and bullied. I think they could have done better. That's why I said decent. But I also feel like, like I said, this is where it comes down to the linebacker, especially after, because I did, I will give you this. BV made the, laid the blame last week, at the linebackers' feet, and really going back and watching that game after that, the linebackers were a big part of that. But go ahead, Daryl. So here's what I would say. Um, I think one of the reasons that the linebackers had such a rough day is because of the D-line. Manhandled, I wouldn't go that far, but I would say this. One thing that you saw, especially in the second half, and I almost tweeted it, but I knew I would get annihilated. And I'm going to say it now, and I'm going to get annihilated, but go back and watch it. The amount of twisting and stunting that D-line was doing the second half was absurd. It was absurd. It looked like Alex Grinch was calling the defense the second half because the D-line was getting zero penetration. And was getting no push and no pressure whatsoever. And so they started trying to move everybody around to create gaps, which when you do that, moves the gap lanes for the linebackers and now makes it very difficult for them to know whether or not to fill the gap or to stay on the edge or to do whatever because your linemen are moving and moving the gaps everywhere as they go. So I think it was a combination of both, but I agree with Troy the common denominator there is the D-line. And we have said it all year. We have tried to defend this D-line by saying people are going max protection. We've tried to defend the D-line by saying people are throwing the ball away. And all those things are true. But if you go back and watch that game, there are not pass plays where they are genuinely getting pressure. There are not run plays where the running back is genuinely having to dodge a D-line and gain the backfield. And here's what I would say. I've said this all year. This D-line's not talented. They're not but they are deep enough in averageness that they should look great by the end of the third and the fourth quarter because they are rotating so much. They should be fresh enough to start wreaking havoc late in the game, and they honestly look worse as the game gets going. I, and part of that is BV trying to compensate for them because they can't just fire off the ball I, and get and get push. But see, I, I mean, I, I agree that they didn't get home, obviously. They didn't put up the stat. But there was plenty of plays where Both Bothroyd, I thought, had a great game. Or Bathroyd, if you want. I thought his first and, half was good. And then and I thought Ford, Trace Ford actually had some some really good plays where he got pressure. He didn't get a sack, but he got pressure. Um again, I would say almost 50, all that's first half. You threw it fifty-eight times. Fifty-eight oh, times and you come away with zero sacks from your defensive line unit. Right. Right. And that's that's the point, right? Like is but I mean, we, here's, we here's... understand that offenses are made to throw the ball quick. We understand offenses have gotten smarter to where they roll the pocket and different things to where you can throw the ball away and avoid sacks. But 58 throws on the day, you should have sacks for sure within that day. And again, there are just out of 58 plays, 
the number of plays where the quarterback is genuinely under duress is one hand or less. It's one hand or less. But like, and I, I guess like I'm not as far off as what you think guys think. Like I said, I'm saying decent. I think there's a lot of plays that look worse for the at first glance, look worse for the defensive line. That is again the linebackers missing their assignment. But I would give the defensive line a B minus or a C plus. And I'd probably give the linebackers the same grade. Like those that those two units, the front seven is a huge reason that TC was able to have success. Yeah. I, I think we can agree on that. And and again, the other part of the problem for me is TCU's not any good. Like, I'm sorry, they're just not. BYU's not any good at all. I mean, we can go down the list of the games since Texas that are not any good, and this D-line's not produced. It And look, let's go all the way back to Arkansas State, because I said it then. If your O-line and D-line don't just shove that offensive line and defensive line off the ball at the snap, you have problems. And guess what? The D-line didn't do it in that game either. They they didn't produce in that game. Like, this is where I'm super nervous looking ahead, but we're not going to deal with that right now. We're not going to talk about 2024 just yet. But, yeah, I, but, mean, I mean, the front seven as a whole, I agree with you, Jared. It all lies in that front seven. There's no question there. But and, I and, think and, the, the, the common denominator problem for the linebackers was the D-line. The problem of the D-line is the D-line. So, um, well, yeah. And, All right. And, we, we've we've talked about this to death. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get on some positives then, shall we? So, Troy, for you, what was the biggest positive on the day coming out of the game? Billy Bowman. Defense, no. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the two two good things about the defense was Billy Bowman getting another pick six, right? That was, that was awesome. And, yes. um... Uh, they keep having good percentages on third down defense for the defense. Like, so that's that's the positive on defense. The positive on offense is that Levy was like, "Hey, their secondary sucks. What are we gonna do? <laughs> We're gonna air it out." And he aired it out all game, especially that first half, and it was awesome. Drake, I love you. We found a running back the last month of the season. We have a, a legit running back. The O line was better. I mean, it's just the offense in general was very good. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Jared, how about for you? Yeah, I mean, I I, I do think you know I I know you guys are gonna roast me for this. Like I said, that look look at the stats. TCU's offense is not bad. Um, and Billy Bowman and them really. I mean, I know I, again. I know you just let them score thirty whatever points it was. But for the most part, they they stopped a lot of plays and they were playing balls like they the defense, the the, the secondary played better than the def- or the scoreboard's going to show. So Billy Bowman was a big part of that. Uh, I guess one like kind of weird thing because it was something I highlighted and I've been saying about where, where's Key Lawrence like that dude just completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like I said, everybody was great. Um, the good on offense, though, is like you said, uh, like Sawchuck has a, a absolutely uh asserted himself as the dude um and Tao Tawi is a like a, if they can get both of them healthy going into next season they I think they're a great one two punch you know um and then you have Barnes you have I think the running back room has depth and we're just having to we just need to get somebody that's established and I think we finally hopefully hit that uh and one thing that's just a little interesting nugget to go back to what we were talking about earlier uh Tawi Walker is not on scholarship hmm 
and Gavin Freeman is. So just to throw you a little anger your way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, that was good. And like I said, I, you know, I'm going to give it, I'll give it up to the offensive line. The offensive line I thought played pretty well for most of the day. Yeah. I actually saw rain getting downfield, which was surprising. I guess it was a senior day. thing. You really lie. Has- you made that up. You're lying right now. The last two weeks, honestly, I felt like Rame has put in more effort. Um, there's still times that he's a little lackadaisical, but he's far better than he was at the beginning of the season. I don't know if he got a chewing or what, but um, yeah. And then I guess lastly, Gabriel is like, again, he's not perfect. His deep ball is leaves a little bit to be desired. It's not perfect. He underthrew a number of balls, mm-hmm. but uh, the one that was for an interception. But when you look at him overall, he is such a better, like this is why I've been defending Jeff Lebby. Dylan Gabriel is a big or Jeff Levy is a big reason Dylan Gabriel's improved and Dylan Gabriel showed in this game why he's such a totally better product now than he was last year. A hundred percent agree with that. I mean, if you want to, you want to do a resume builder for Jeff Levy, the, the improvement for DG from last year to this year is evident to anybody that watches football. He is a better football player for sure. Um, the things that are his limitations are his limitations. And, you know, at some point you can only get so much out of someone. And I think with his overall, you know, athleticism, his overall arm talent, et cetera, I think Jeff Levy is, has squeezed a lot his, out of Dylan Gabriel. Well, and I would even say like 90% of what's his limitations at this point are just uncoachable things. Like he's not going to have a cannon to throw the ball 80 yards down the field, right? Like you can see him right now trying to throw the ball 50 yards down the field and he's having to step into it and put everything he has behind it where you can watch a guy like Jackson Arnold or whoever that just can stand there like a statue and throw that ball. Right. I mean, it's just, those are things you can't coach. Yeah. 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 There there's, there's plenty to improve there. I mean, I would say for me, um, what I loved overall about the offense in the game was this Troy, you were right. First half, it was air, 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 air. Anytime there was space, they were letting it fly, right? And then this team did what great teams do. In the fourth quarter, they just ran it down their throat. I mean, it was just saw chuck time from then on out. And that's what great teams do. That's how you build a lead and then just impose your will on somebody. Which, by the way, one of the under line things of all this that we've been saying since about week three Jacob Sexton has made quite the improvement to this line and it just Caden Green has made a big improvement to this line and again going all the way back to like week three when we had a high school coach approach us off kind of off record saying Caden Green needs to play Jacob Sexton needs to play um Rouse is fine Guyton's fine like those are your best five, and you're seeing it play out now because Sexton's in there, and Matower's been better because of Sexton being on that side with him to help him out on that side, and it just makes me mad because why? Why did we wait so long? And I understand Sexton was coming off injury, but, like, come on, man. Like, why? Why are we, like, trying to hold ourselves back instead of just putting your best five on the field? But I thought that they played great, and, I mean, yes – Troy, you make a great point. Another positive we have to point out is Billy Bowman. Billy Bowman's for real. He mm-hmm. is for real. I think I think he's gone. He, there, there is I a chance. Yeah, uh, Gabe Eichert actually talked like two weeks ago on his podcast about it, saying he had talked to some NFL people saying that Billy Bowman was very high. 
very, very high on their list. And so yeah, I, I hope he's not. We need him next year. The only we yeah, this, him. yeah, the only thing that's like gonna like raise his stock is if he grew two more inches or something, and that's not yeah. gonna happen. So although I, I, I will think, say this too, though, as the season's gone along, as much as we need him. I still feel very good about the top end of the safety room with RSJ and Peyton Bowen as starters next year. Dude, Bowen, I, I don't agree. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah, that would be great. Bowen, so, Bowen is oh. he's for real. Uh, by the way, game ball to BV after the game was incredible as well. I thought that was a neat you know gesture by Stoops and the guys to do. And again, as someone put in the Discord, any chance Lincoln Riley would have ever gotten a game ball from the players and the players go nuts like that for him? And the answer is absolutely not, right? Can, so. can we can we stop and just appreciate Drake Stoops for a moment? 100%. Oh, dude. Go, like, Troy. dude, dude, if, if, there's, if there is a top five of favorite OU football players of all time, he's in my top five. I don't know where he's at, oh. but he's in my oh. top five. And, I mean, but then not only that, but look at how it's played out on the season. He's been one of the best wide receivers in the country the last month of the season. Period. Like, there's no question yeah. about that. I, I've still, I've said this. Look, Daryl can back me up. I've said this since like Drake's probably sophomore year, maybe or maybe even freshman. I said, as far as clutch, Drake's been the best player on this team since he's been on the team for clutch. Like, if you're throwing the ball up for somebody on a third and eight or fourth and whatever, Drake's your dude. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, so, yeah, it was really cool. By the way, another quick thing just reminded of this to really annoy you, Troy. Uh, Brando also said Baker Mayfield won the locker room, but the fan base never really liked him. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just sent Troy into the stratosphere. Yeah, he was never able to win over the fan base at Oklahoma, but he Although won the locker I room. never, I, I, wasn't really listening when he said I heard him say something like that and in the background and not going back and re-watching the game to hear him say it I think he meant fans outside of Oklahoma and he got his words twisted up but either way it it was not a good look it did not yeah. come out sounding well I'm sorry um, Baker's probably the most loved OU football player of all time at this point oh I don't think it's a question yeah I think he's yeah I, I don't think it's a question at all so um, very- uh, but but final final stats on Drake Stoops. Okay, he's got one more game left. Seventy eight catches on the season. Seventy eight, eight hundred and eighty yards, ten touchdowns, which I believe is the the leader in the Big Twelve. It is. Um, I mean, kudos to you, man. And here's the thing: I honestly was like, he's an afterthought. He'll never get on the field after OU. The dude is as smart of a football player as there is. Mm-hmm. He may make an NFL roster because he's so smart and be on the same page as a wide receiver and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have gone there, and he did go there, and I threw him the ball. There you go. He will make a roster. Yeah. He honestly might, which is crazy to think of. I think crazy. he will absolutely make a roster. Yeah, Good and, for and, you, Drake. I love you, buddy. Dude, there was somebody. I, I I wish we could shout him out. This is just okay, but there was a guy that made like a tribute video to Drake. And I'm not gonna lie, like I teared up a little bit. It's like, dude, Drake's <laughs> been here for like like a decade. It feels like you know what I mean. Like it's and it's like really crazy when you look at how long he's been here. It's like we've literally seen because he's been here since like what 2018, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's five. Crazy. It's like it's like almost like you saw somebody grow up in that time frame. You know, but, you saw, it, put it in this perspective. 
BV did see him grow up. Yeah. Like yeah. BV was has been there since the beginning. Yeah. Back back when he was born. Going and having dinner and well, probably changed diapers. Probably changed yeah, diapers seriously. multiple times. Well, yeah. and even 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 uh I believe even uh Drake in his deal, didn't he say things like even when you were a coordinator here, you were always like a great person or so I don't know. He said something, something like that, that yeah. but he referenced somebody's a coordinator. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that BV is had a huge impact on his life yep. as much, you know, but yeah, it was a great, that whole thing was great. Drake's great. Um, so, so. so bring more of the, more of the wide receivers. I want to bring up Nick Anderson continues to, to, to prove he's going to be a dude, right? hundred yep, percent. And Jaden Gibson again, showed out. Let's go. So here's, what's crazy Dude, is Jayden, Drake, Drake. Sorry. Go ahead real quick. I was just going to say Jaden Gibson's like, just absolutely taunting the dude as he walked across the. That goal was amazing. That's seriously <laughs> classic. That's awesome. he got chewed by BV so big for it, but it still was awesome. I it also don't awesome. know what the, I also don't know what the corner was doing. The corner that like could have made a play just like ran I, I watched. Him. I rewatched it. He he tried to strip the ball because he he didn't think that he could get him before he gets the end end zone. So he goes around him to try to hit strip the ball and obviously doesn't. But Nick Anderson only caught thirty one balls on the year. But had seven hundred and twenty-five yeah. yards and nine touchdowns. Yeah. That is wildly incredible production. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. And Gibson just got better and better got and better. better. He only caught well, thirteen balls on the year, right? And that's the thing. They just—I don't know why they didn't go to him more. To be honest, he proved himself throughout the year whenever he got opportunities. And and I understand spots are limited, but man. That's a guy you got to get on the field. I mean, he just continues to show he's a he's a playmaker for I the just, team. I, I just want to because you make a good point, Troy, and I want to put a pin in it for something we're gonna discuss later. But the re- receiver room and I think the tight end room, no, it's gonna be I, really good. Dish. I don't I don't want to put a pin on this. I want to talk about this now. Think about <laughs> this. Like that's a. By the way, y'all keep giving me compliments. Y'all are weird today. It's like Daryl's like that's a good point, Troy. Jared's like yeah, you're a good point, Troy. Stop it, okay. Anywho, well, I like you. I don't this. like my brother. That's oh, that's fair. Think about what Jackson Arnold gets to play with. We all agree, DG's gone. Okay, you guys can be coy about it. Whatever you want to do, we know Jackson Arnold is the dude going to the SEC next year. But the weapons that he will have around him are honestly really, really good. You let's start with Look, like. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just say that what I was gonna. The reason I was gonna put a pin on it is. Jeff Levy. Mm-hmm. So mm, that brings up another question because I just saw a thing. I think it was captain that put it on there. Not to give him any more pub, but he said that Michigan state gave him a call. Um, And then they and, hired somebody or yeah. Then they hired somebody. Then MSU gave him another call, even though it's, it's rumored now that Levy doesn't really want to go to MSU. Right. Um, But what happened? Has anybody thought about like what happens with Jackson Arnold if Levy goes? Well, we talked he about goes, that. yeah. If he goes to Miss, Mississippi State, in my opinion, I think he's not going anywhere. I just don't see Mississippi State having the resources, or as you said, he's definitely not going to walk into Mississippi State with Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, potentially Jaleel Farouk, potentially Jacquez Petaway potentially Brennan Thompson. And that's not even the freshman coming in. Andrew uh, Anthony. Andrew, you forget Andrew, Andrew Anthony, Anthony coming back from injury. I didn't even. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, dude our should, wide receiver room is good. Yes. The line change. Like, I thought about this the other day. What, what do you do here? Right. 
if they really were to choose next year to put Andrew Anthony out wide, Brennan Thompson out wide, and then either Nick and Gibson, Day, uh, Davin Mitchell, like the clear out ability, the clear out ability they're going to have with just those two guys, the depth that they're going to have to give because of just their pure speed. Like literally Brennan Thompson doesn't need to learn a route tree. Like he needs to learn how to shut it down when a guy opens up his hips and that's it. And he can have a career like at OU. No, hundred no, percent. It'll be Andrew Anthony on one end. It'll be Nick Anderson on the other end. It'll be, it'll be Brennan Thompson. And if Farouk comes back, you put Farouk in the slot at that point. Oh my gosh. Holy crap. Yeah. And well, like, and we still haven't got to Brennan Thompson or Jacquez Petaway, who both have speed for days for as days. well. Well, and, and like one said, of the freshman guys coming in too has apparently got a laser time of like four three three. Yeah, in high school. Well, and, and I was like I said, Caden Helms, Davin Mitchell, like you, like the t- tight end room because everybody's been complaining about the tight end room, which I think is somewhat understandable. But everybody's like, f- call was calling for Joe John Finley's head, and I'm like, dude, he's had no time to try to build this room, so. But well, I disagree year. with that. It's injuries, though. People are not acknowledging the fact that Caden Helms has not been available to play well, the yeah. entire season. Mitchell Mitchell's going to be better than everybody. Yes, yes. That's what. And, and I was going to say. Well, but my point is, is that it's he's got a potential next year to have a very strong room. So, yeah, and like you said, that's, and we're not even just if you took the tight ends out of the equation, like you said, you didn't list a single tight end in y'all's nope. equation nope. there. You throw a Davin Mitchell out there, bro, like. Jackson Dude. Arnold's just gonna Jackson Arnold's literally just gonna be able to blindfold himself playing Madden and hit a button and know that it's gonna yep. get completed. Like that's how good it's gonna be. Now, anybody th- anybody th- think Javante Barnes is gonna be here going forward? Because I, I don't know. I it here's the deal to me. It all depends on if his foot has really been a problem throughout the season. It, if it's truly been injury related that he's not fully a hundred percent, he's here. If it's really been that he's been in the doghouse for something. He's gone. Well, um, and I mean, the way got, I see it. And I mean, you've already got, you know, uh, Caleb Hicks. We haven't even seen him. Yeah. Right. Tatum that's coming. I mean, like that room is going to get crowded. I honestly would not be surprised if one or two dudes don't hit the portal. Oh, yeah. For sure. I yeah. think, I think Dalen Smothers hits the portal. I think um, Javante Barnes hits the portal. I, I say no on Smothers only because he's the only true freshman back they really gave playing time to, especially down the stretch. He got snaps. Unfortunately, I, unfortunately, I would say Hicks would be the more likely one to hit the may, You point. might be right, but like Sawchuck proved last he, month of the season. He did. Dude, the, I loved the the combination of Tawi and Gavin. Gavin Sawchuck was the home run hitter, right. and Tawi was the dude, the dude like change of pace, and he's – he is brutal to bring down. Yeah. But I mean, the and, selling point, I think the selling point, though, is like next year you're going to have if Barnes, I mean, Barnes really hasn't been a factor in that rotation. Right. So you have Sawchuck and you have Walker, right, are the two guys. And they're they're going to say, look, those are our two main guys. Like those are the one in RB1, RB2. And we're going to rotate you you guys in. Right. Like next year you should be able to hopefully we see more of Caleb Hicks and Smothers and all that. Um, and then it's like, but it's like, dude, if Sawchuck goes off next year, Sawchuck's probably gone. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing too. Like, it just depends on guys' mentalities. Like, and this is where I don't like the transfer portal, but if guys would just understand one great season, if you put one great season of tape together, you can make an NFL roster. Like period, you can get drafted. And so you don't have to be the guy for three straight years. Like Caleb Hicks, even. You're going to redshirt this year, obviously, because that's why they didn't play him was to redshirt him. 
right? So you're coming in next year. Yeah, it might be Gavin and it might be even Bar let's just say it's Barnes. Let's say Barnes was hurt and he's healthy and that's your one two punch next year. Great. Fine. But then you're coming off of that and those guys are going to be out at that point. And now it's you and Tatum, you and Smothers, whoever it is, but you get one year in that and you're in good shape and you haven't run all the tread off your tires. There's there's potential. But all that to say with JFA, I think he stays. My bigger concern of all the guys coming or at OU right now is this. If Lebby were to leave, if Lebby were to leave, the rumor is that it's him and Joe John that are tied at the hip. And if Joe John leaves, that's when I start to get concerned about Davin Mitchell. Yeah. That's what I, the two guys that concern me the most are Davin Mitchell and Michael Hawkins. Those are the two for me. And the distant third is Kevin Speary. But Speary's family moved to Oklahoma. They love the vibe of Oklahoma. I don't think Spiri's going anywhere. But if Levy leaves, I could see Michael Hawkins going with Levy wherever he goes. Here, here's let me let me point out something that I think is around the team right now. You guys can totally disagree with me in this. I could be making this up, but whatever. Lincoln leaves. We're gonna lose some dudes. We lost some dudes, right? Mm -hmm. Where where if if Levy leaves or a Ted Roof or somebody else leaves, it feels like everybody's more tied to BV and the program than it is like one of the OCs or DCs or one of the one of the coaches, right? It's more of like a program, more of a family feel instead of like a well, I this is what I can do for you. Type I think of it's I think it's a not even tied to BV. I think they're tied to the staff as a whole. So it's yeah. like so the culture. But, so that's that's yeah defining the culture, right? Yeah, like I said, like you know, there's been talk about um, several uh, several like internal hires. If so and so was to leave or whatever, yeah, yeah. And it's like there's plenty of those guys that you can tell have good relationships. Like when you watch the uh, the OU All Access, it's like mm -hmm. like they've showed so many coaches, and you can tell that it's not like oh hey coach. It's like the coaches are interacting with them. They're like joking around and have like you know what I mean. Like it's a different feel than you saw with Lincoln, where there was yeah there was some of those guys, but a lot of guys were just like yo what's up coach. But you I think what? the I think the difference though there is is I think that's true anywhere. Like just like with OU, when assistant coaches left, it didn't impact the the roster very much. When a head coach leaves, it's different. If BV left, there it would be different, regardless of the family sure. feel and all yeah, those things. That's and true. that's the problem. It's apples to oranges that way, right? But so we'll see. Here's my question: Do y'all have any takes? Number one, Jared, do you think that? Jeff Lebby should take the Mississippi State job. If absolutely not, him. no, <laughs> absolutely not. Okay, so we've I've been, I've been, I've been, yeah, I've already been arguing this. I don't know if you've seen in the Discord. I've been arguing this for weeks, and not even actually about specifically Mississippi State, but everybody since, ever since everybody got their pitchforks out for Jeff Levy, right. I've been saying you guys cannot try to run Jeff Levy out of town with where we are now, because while we can sit here and speculate, especially now, the people that were calling for his head after the Kansas game understandable Kansas was right. a terrible called game right right oh she was not right and since right. then he's called better and better games and he's actually like TCU was a wonderfully called game right um so it's a little different now but it's like you can't say that because it's like we can't even say if he goes to Mississippi State Jackson Arnold's not going with him and then it's like now you're really gonna have to struggle to hold on to a freshman quarterback because either that or you're trotting out Davis Bevel or uh General Booty at quarterback, for instance. Right, but right? that's not my qu my question is like, 
I think we all agree JFA stays if he leaves. I'm saying for Jeff Levy. I don't care no, about no, no. I'm saying for I know. him. I burr, 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 breaking news. Breaking news. Oh, Lord. DJ Graham has hit the portal. Oh. Our oh. best receiver, bro. Golly, that's crazy. Why? Yeah. Why would the um, best receiver do to injury? Like, man. Um, no, I look, I don't think he should go. And this is the other reason that this reason for Jeff Levy not to go to Mississippi State. I think it makes sense for him to go interview. I think it's even makes sense for him and his camp to probably make it sound like he could go to Mississippi State. Yeah. But him to go there, Mississippi State has not been a program that's had any high level of success for any amount of time. Right? Like, they're still yeah. ringing their cowbells because of Dak Prescott. <laughs> you know, like, it, it, there's nothing There's nothing there. They don't have a giant NIL program. They don't have a top-notch facilities. They don't have a winning tradition. There's nothing there. You're going to go there. It's going to be a middling SEC team like it always is. And you're not going to have the resources that you have at Oklahoma. You're not going to have five stars just littered across your offense that you're going to have next year at OU. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, if, if for him, if he's if he's playing checkers, go to Mississippi State. Fine, whatever. If you want to play checkers and you want to make one move, go for it. If you're going to play chess, come back to OU, demand a little bit more money next year, and then go out and ball out and make the one of the top offenses in the country with all the talents you have, and then go to get a job at wherever you want. Because there could be a number yeah. of jobs open up next year. So, sure. okay, that being said... I'm just on, I'm just scrolling Twitter as y'all are are uh, enjoying that conversation, but it's it's looking like Levy is going to take the Mississippi State job, and the new rumor by your favorite person, Jared. I'm not going to name it, name his name. Is that the next OC will be Seth Luttrell? That's been oh, no. That's no. That's been okay. That's been spouted for a week, Troy. On different discords, I'm not yeah. going down that road. That's that's been the rumor for a long time now. I'm not saying that's not what happens, but that's not that's not breaking news. That's somebody trying to make breaking news. Oh no, I'm not saying that's breaking. I'm just saying that's what I'm reading right now. Yeah, no. Oh. Um, I I don't think I like I said to me it all makes sense either way in a in a certain sense. But I understand coaches have egos to some degree. So he could be the guy that in his head he's thinking, I'm going to go rebuild Mississippi State. I know apparently his wife hates Oklahoma after the whole fiasco with her dad. Um, so, you know, maybe that plays a part into it. But, you know, um, the, the, the thing I heard was numerous reports came out that he interviewed and a, an offer also wasn't extended. Now, that doesn't mean a ton, but if it was such a surefire thing, you would think that there would be an offer that was extended there. Mm-hmm. So that's what George Stoya said the other day. He said he confirmed that there had been a phone call from Mississippi state to George, uh, to Jeff Levy, sorry, not George, Jeff Levy. Uh, and that, but there had not been a job offered to him yet. Um, and so I think that's where it lies. I agree with you, Jared, it's worth him doing. I just, I think there are better ways for him to move his way up. Like for instance, even if he took a job like, and I'm just going to use this as an example, the SMU head coaching job is a better opportunity to do well and get yourself to another head coaching job of a prominent university than Mississippi state is right. Because of the competition level that you're dealing with and all the different things. That's just, to me, that's not the place to go. 
Well, and that's what everybody's been trying to use, like Mullen as the well, Mullen now, did it. Now, if what I just read is true in the Discord, they're saying that the steam is picking up that Mark Stoops may be going to AM. Now, if Jeff no, Levy no, got if, offered Mark if, Passwaters, who covers AM for rivals.com, is is reporting that Mark Stoops is the next head coach for okay. AM. Now, if Kentucky offered him the job, as much as Kentucky, but they have some establishment of being much better than Mississippi State over the last several years, for sure. That would even be a better position for him to go take the Mississippi State, in my opinion. Now, um, so yeah, that's that's that end of it. Um, now, I want to shift it a little bit moving forward to what Troy was saying very quickly. Do y'all have any opinions about who to replace Jeff if he were to leave? I have I don't. I'm gonna defer to y'all. Who like who should they go get right now? The guy that I think that today convinced me we should try to get an OU boy, but I don't think we could, Sharon Moore. Yeah, I don't think we can get him either. I don't think we can get him. Sharon Moore's the OC at Michigan. Yeah, uh, Troy. Yeah, we're gonna have to pay that dude like three mil a year. He he, he is an, an OU, OU boy. boy. Yeah, he 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 went to OU. So that's um, the that's the link you have, but I just think he's going to get a head coaching job. Like you, yeah, you, I, you give that phone call, right? You yeah, make oh, that yeah. phone call. Yeah, hundred percent. You give the phone I, call. I think I think that's the that's the hail mary shot you take to try to get him right. in the boat, but you're going to have to back the brink truck up for it. Yeah, I don't think, and even then, I don't think you get him. But do you call? Do you call Lincoln again? Oh gosh, no. stop it! No, I stop it. Somebody said that in the Discord, and I almost lost my mind. By the no. way, <laughs> BB would kill Lincoln Riley. That no. would be the other Lincoln. Problem. Dude, Lincoln, if he will be he will be fired at the end of next year, I'm gonna call it. Hey, here's here are a couple names. Here, I, I have a oh sorry, go ahead, Jared. One quick thing. What we should do. Here's the thing that we should do. Let's All stop right. being let's stop taking the high road, right? Let's get let's get Josie and BV call Lincoln, say, Hey, look, we're gonna back the brink shrug up. We want you back. We're gonna fly the jet out, pick you up in the middle of the night, and fly you to Oklahoma. And then we land the plane in like the middle of the desert and just leave him. <laughs> just take him in the middle, like find an airstrip, like drop him out of the like the plane at Area 51 and just go. Oh my gosh. Now here, here are my names for you, Troy. Ready for this? Yes. Troy, do you know who currently is the offensive coordinator at the University of Tennessee? I do not. Joey Halsley. Why do I know that name? He was a quarterback at OU. That's why you know him. Wasn't he wasn't he the one that Jason White came in and Yes. And yes. uh and replaced him and yes, that is correct. But the thing that I like about this is this. Uh sorry, I uh, uh the system they run at Tennessee is the system that Jeff Levy runs. So it's going to be very similar in that way, right? He's been under Hypel now for several years, so he knows it in and out. He's also been in the SEC, so he knows the ins and outs of that. So I like that a lot. And you obviously have the OU tie. I think all those things are potentially good. Could things. we get him? I think we could. Yes. I think if he got offered the job at OU to be the OC, I think that there's a potential for that. Because he's in the same position as Jeff Levy was, where everyone knows that entitled Joey Halsley is called the OC. But we also know that Hypel calls the place. Right. So you're not truly the OC. So this is your step up to control your own offense. Right. That's number yeah. that's number one. Number two is gonna probably freak you out a little bit, but just hear me hear me out. So it's okay. 
The other guy that runs the offense that Jeff Levy knows very well and this team is already immersed in is Lane Kiffin. His He has co-offensive coordinators. One of them actually happens to be Charlie Weiss Jr., believe it or not. So he comes from a coaching family, comes from a coaching tree, and he comes out of the Lane Kiffin slash Jeff Levy system. Also been in the SEC. I like that hire a lot. And then my last guy that's kind of towards the top of my list is a guy that is way off the radar and everybody will hate. His name is Will Korn. He is the offensive coordinator at Liberty University who has been lighting it up. And he was at Coastal Carolina before that and did nothing but light it up. That guy has a lot of the same offensive play calling, designing characteristics of a Lincoln Riley. Like he, everywhere he goes turns into instant offense and he's young and he's hungry. I think he could be a really good fit as well. So those would be like my top three. There's a couple other names out there, but those would kind of be my top three guys. Let me, let me ask, let me, I mean, before I give you mine, I want to ask y'all real quick. What's your percentage that Jeff Levy goes that he leaves OU? 51%. Okay, so you're saying coin flip? I not for Mississippi State, but with the coaching carousel that's about to happen, I do think it's 50 50. You know, yeah. if, a, if a Louisville, if the Louisville head coach gets hired somewhere big, that's a job I think that could be really good for Jeff Levy to take on. I mean, I think there's some opera. And if, you know, I don't, it seems like Dabo may want out of Clemson. I don't know. Like, that's a job you got to take if you're Jeff Levy. I mean, there's just some. There's some things that are going to come open that if they do, I think it's 50 50. Yeah. I mean, there's a look. The the good thing is, is there's a lot of offensive coordinators. You, you need to find somebody, I think, pretty young, not like, you know, um, I guess too young, but you need to find somebody that's, like you said, young and hungry and wants to make that leap to head coaching job. And I yeah. think that's really what we're going to go back to. Cause if you think about it, like we talked about this earlier in the Discord, look at all the coordinators that OU had under Stoops. You had Leach, you had Mangino, you had uh Long. You Long had, uh, yeah, I mean Wilson. Wilson. Kevin, Kevin Wilson, Wilson. Thank you. Um all those you had all these guys like Hypel. Mike okay. Stoops went on to be yeah, a, he was a fired. good head coach at Heupel Arizona fired, for so. what Arizona was. But look at look at like I feel like the fans drove Hypel out. Like look at what he's done since. Hypo was good. Hypo was pretty Uh-oh. good. Did you see this hit? What what just happened? They just targeted the Florida State quarterback, it looks like. 100%. He's sliding, and when he's sliding, like, he's just feet. He's coming here. He's at this angle. Two Florida defenders just smash his head. Yeah, he's like, out. They're walking him off the field like yeah. he's concussed. And, he, and you see his eyes just go, Aye. immediately. What's the score right now? 17-15, Florida, Florida State. State. <laughs> yeah, he's he's out right there. Wow. Is that a dub? Did they throw both of them out? I don't know. Dude, Dude they're, 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 they're Norvell, right if they lose this game, I feel for Norvell, man. He is built. He has done such a good job of just Agreed. doing his job, and I just hate it for him, man. So, anyway. He's a good dude. Anyway, yeah. Um, I, so, I, yeah. The, the, all I was going to say is, yeah, I mean, I think that there's some guys that oh, you can get. Like I said, you're going to have to get a I, – I hate to say Latrell isn't the guy. I just think, oh, you can find somebody better. I don't know that I want to take somebody 
like part of me wants to cheer for him, but I just feel like that's too big of a leap for him. Yeah. My deal is this. If you like granted, there are guys that are good coaches that end up being analysts, right? That does happen. But also the great ones, they get hired. Somebody goes and gets them. The, like even like when we joke about um, Saban having all these analysts, the guys he picks are guys that get in major trouble <laughs> that were great coaches and he yeah. rehabilitates them to a career, not somebody that had a bump in the road and nobody wants to hire them. If Seth Luttrell was a great OC, he'd be an OC somewhere right now, not an analyst at OU, in my opinion. So I'm with you. Let's look somewhere else. Very quickly moving on. I got to give a shout out to Sooner Basketball, the men's basketball team. Yeah. Uh, they just The Rady Children's Invitational, they win the whole thing, getting wins over Iowa and USC. They're going to be ranked. They're going to be ranked come Monday. 100% and look great. Look, 5 and 0, 6 and 0. I don't even know which one six it is. And, but 6 and 0? 6 and 0, I think. Yeah. 6 and 0. Uh, but, dude, they look, uh, let me be very clear. They do not like a team that's going to win the Big 12. But they are definitely a team that I think makes the tourney if they keep this up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are vastly in troop. And by the way, uh, Mr. McCollum, that is now with OU, that dude's a baller. Okay. He is very, very good and very fun to watch. So I, wa- I watched that game on Thanksgiving. That was fun. It was fun. And then the last bit before we get to full Thunder Talk, Troy, where you really get to rant. But I have to know this. Troy, we have not had you on. Since the uh, what did Collapse. it go? What did it come down to? Um, I believe it was one win and six games for Lincoln Riley to finish the season. Troy, it's your floor, sir. How do you feel about? Hang on, hang on, hang on. And I also want to add, I, I got to get your specific comments on his. We were only three or four plays away from being undefeated. Oh. <laughs> Math hard. I I love I love this. This is I. I'm just disappointed there's not a USC game today. Uh, like we would have gotten another loss. And uh, like and and Brandon Walker from from uh, Barstool Sports said it the best. There are two games for OU fans this year. OU's game and USC's game. And anytime USC and I watched more USC games this year than I've ever watched in my entire life. 100%. I watched most of their season, honestly, if I'm just going to be. <laughs> and I freaking loved it that team uh, did you did you guys watch the ucla game it was not good they they could give a rat's and i'm sorry kids for they could give a rat's ass about playing in that game usc did like their energy level was terrible their execution was awful caleb williams was going for the 70 yard bomb every single play yep it was bad dude it was so bad and i am so happy i am so happy that lincoln is still so delusional about three (laughs) to four plays away like you said jared they're all we're only three or four plays away this season for being undefeated no you are not if anything you are three or four plays away from only having three or four wins frankly Mm -hmm. yep Okay, hang on. Yeah. I got I just want to interject. This is totally off subject. The Iowa State running back, uh, Abu Sama, I think is how you say it. Sama, whatever. 11 rushes, 268 yards, and three touchdowns. Take a bow. Take a bow, Jeez. bro. What is that? like 20 yards of carry. Like, yes. Good Lord. Are they, tell me they're beating Kansas State. Uh, it's tied. 
Wow. That's, that's on you, Iowa State, for letting yeah. that go. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> I saw that and I was Jeez. like, I like I read it and I was like, that's gotta be like, you know, some like weird season stat or something. That's the game stat. Eleven oh carries for two hundred and sixty-eight yards. Anyway, no, y'all, y'all, I could not be happier that Lincoln Riley has completely pissed the pissed the bed on this one. Yeah. Like you take what most said before the year. And still said most of this year, one of the most generational quarterbacks we've seen in our lifetime. And didn't make a playoff with him. Didn't win a conference championship with him. Yeah. Only made one conference championship one game. One conference championship game. And, dude, just you were you did that. And partly, I will admit, partly because you held on to Alex Grinch for so long. And Benny Wiley, in my opinion. And, and you know what? That's a great point, Daryl, because Benny Wiley is a joke. He's the yoga master of college football. Dude, you um, know, you know, after that UCLA game, they were doing extra hot yoga, though, after that. Oh, no. With, um, sorry, I was making inappropriate joke. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, um, and, and, and the other thing, and, and Jared has mentioned this several times, and so I, I give him kudos to this, but. It's it's him hurting himself too because we know while he was here they would not tackle during the week. They wouldn't tackle and and Lincoln not not only has he did he did he change his way when he got to uh, USC? No, he did not because he wouldn't allow certain players to have access to the media. Wouldn't come up to the podium after losses. He said no players going to be here, just going to be me. Right? He what he do one day. He was sick, y'all. He was sick again. Yeah. Like, all this stuff, he banned a media member from practice for a couple weeks or from the team for a couple weeks. It's like, you're getting raked over the coals, and rightfully so, bro. Like, yeah. you you deserve everything about to come to you. Yeah. Well, because and- next year, your team is not as nearly as good. Well, and everybody's, like, what's frustrating me is everybody's like, especially the USC fans, but I've even seen OU fans. And I think it'll be scary to see what Lincoln does with the good. I was like, there's no, for one, no serious D coordinator is going to go to play for Lincoln when he sees that they don't tackle and they can't be physical and the culture and how bad it is. And, and if he and watches he, a strength and conditioning workout yeah, day. And, yeah. And yeah. When then he tells them your, your defensive linemen are going to weigh 275 pounds. Um, you know, I mean, it's, there's a lot of problems there. And and we talked about this last week. I think it was sure. Maybe it was the week before, but basically it's like he started OU with Stoops who had built a good culture who had, he was starting out with a ton of loaded talent. He started out with a ton of, of not only that good mentality It's like, think about Baker's mentality. Baker's not a guy that you have to go in there every day and be like, okay, bake, I need you to pray, like work extra hard. Baker's mm-hmm. work ethic has been well known in the, not only in the college, but even in the NFL. Right. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, Kyler was just a, a, a phenomenal uh, athlete and Hertz is a work, work, you know, work ethic guy. He got handed the keys to like we've said a million times. He got handed the keys to a Ferrari and he drove it into the ground. Right. Like he and literally he started- got worse every year he was here and he went to USC and he injected his offense into it in a, in a conference that was not good at all his first year. Right. And the one team that was good beat him down twice. Mm-hmm. Right. And now in his second year, they are worse. And by the way, like just as an example, we talked about this. It's going to get very interesting of what Lincoln chooses to do because 
He has things like his relationship with Alex Grinch, which obviously he hung on to way too long, right? Mm-hmm. Also, I was telling Troy, do you know who his offensive line coach is? Yeah. Do you remember Annie Hansen? Yeah. It's her but husband. Annie Hansen was the was the help like the create media. like the, the media the the recruiting stuff, group, the, yeah, all, all yeah. that stuff, right? Yeah. Her husband was a tight end coach at Tulsa. He hired him to be the offensive line coach at USC to go with Annie. So now with the offensive line also being completely under fire at USC, he's got to make a decision. Does he fire Annie Hansen's husband? And if he does, what happens to Annie Hansen? Like who, by the way, is phenomenal at her job. I'm, I'm not. He's a freaking idiot. He's a freaking idiot. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are about to unravel there and it's going to be so fun. So anyways, I wanted to just give you an opportunity so just air air your grievances there and enjoy. I, I have no grievances because he's he's gone seven and five. <laughs> but now uh, let's I, talk about the greatest joy that Troy has, which is Thunder basketball currently. Shall we? Now, well, Troy, I well, always uh, let's start negative first, which there's nothing to say on it. But you are our Thunder expert. Yes. No news is good news, basically, with Josh Giddy. Is that fair to say? I. I have no, I have no comments at this point. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, because that's what Josh said in the meeting. I know, yeah, I saw him in his phone. Dagnall said the same thing. He said it's yeah, a first he matter. I'm not going to make a comment. Well, the NBA, I, I guarantee you, the NBA has instructed both of them and everybody to say the same. Well, it's it's the same. It's between like it's a legal matter at this point, or could be. All right, I want, I want to, I don't know the specifics of this. I haven't gone down the rabbit hole of this for obvious reasons. But okay, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's why I, I. So so it's just if if the allegations are true, I don't know what the NBA does with this. I don't know what the team does with this. I don't know where his career goes. I don't know any of this. Like this is kind of unprecedented here. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So we'll, it's a wait and see. There has been no major site pick this story up, period. Other than saying that the NBA NBA is investigating. The NBA is investigating and almost solely on the fact that it's kind of blown up on Twitter. That's it. It's only blown up on social media. It's kind of wild that no other major publication has has picked it up. I I am in a wait-and-see mode, right? Yeah. Um, I... I, I want to talk to both of you after this about this because there's things I want to say, but I don't want it yes. aired publicly. To- totally yeah. get it. And yeah, I mean, like, look, all I know is the same, Troy. It blew up on Twitter. I was like, what is happening? Why is Josh Giddy trending? Well, so, uh, so and then the account got deleted. I mean, it's just a weird. So, weird hang on, so now if the NBA so, finds out stuff, deal with it. Yeah, and it yeah. needs so, to be dealt with. That's I think that's the best we can say on that part. So. so how I found out about it, I text my boy that's a Sixers fan. And he was one telling me, oh, well, the Thunder is still two or three years away. And we've been kind of going back and forth, joking about it, you know, around or whatever. And I sent him the rankings where Oklahoma was the second in the Western Conference. And he didn't text me back the night. The next morning, he texted me and said, well, I was talking to me the case when Giddy's in jail. I was like, and I immediately thought, like, okay, Giddy was out driving like an idiot or whatever, something stupid, you know. And then I pull up, I pull up my phone, I went to ESPN, and I was like, Josh Giddy. And it's like Josh Giddy puts up these numbers. And I was like, okay. 
And so then I went to Google and was like Josh Giddy. And the only site, like you said, the only site I could find was like there was like two sites that all they are like a tabloid like. Mm-hmm. Not even that. Like they're very new. They're very like edgy, that sort of thing. So I was like, okay, that's kind of sketchy. And then, like you said, the the thing got deleted. There was somebody else that said that like there was a like a little like basically like a um uh, a flaw in the photo that made it look like it may have been AI generated or something along those lines. I don't know. There's so much. And everybody's saying, well, the NBA is investigating, so it's got to be true. I'm like, no, the NBA's got to investigate, right? Because if there is truth to it, they don't. They, they're doing their due diligence. Like right. this has come out. They have to investigate. The Thunder have to say, like, this is what's annoying too. Well, the Thunder. Or just, you know, they're enabling. I was like, no, like, it's a legal matter. It doesn't right. matter. Like, if SGA got arrested for a DUI, they'd be saying the same thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, whoever it was, they have to say, we can't comment because it's a legal matter or could be a legal matter. So we have to stay shut up. That's just 101. So I, I'm i with you, Troy. I'm a very, like, I want to talk about it too after the pod. But I, like, it to me, it looks fake, but I don't want to say yeah. that. Yeah. But the, the, the other, the other bad, Daryl, is that we lost today. We lost. Yeah. We lost yeah. against the Sixers. Right. Eleven. We're now eleven and five. Right. Um, but if you watch that game, we only shot thirty-seven percent in that game. Yeah. And or er, forty-four. Yeah, I saw that. Forty-four percent. We we shot in that game, but but we generated some wildly wide open looks. Yeah. That was well, a Isaiah game. Joe couldn't hit the broad broadside of a right. barn tonight either. So that, that doesn't that help was you. that was the game that you needed J Dub. Like yep. you, you really needed J Dub. And here's the thing: Isaiah Joe's shots, almost all of them were, were great shots. Yeah. And I'm like, keep shooting, bro. Keep keep yep. shooting. And what's wild is he was three of twelve behind the arc. He was a plus three on the plus minus. Yeah, I know it's crazy. But it's crazy. But I will I will say this. This team is surpassing my wildest expectations at the moment. Yeah. And Chet Holmgren is the dude. I told y'all he was a generational player. <laughs> hey, hey. Told... Go ahead. I just want to say there was one guy on this pod that said, maybe we'll get to 50 wins this season. You you did say it. You did say, it. and now we are trending. Yes, our we we should like we're trending towards 50 50 games. Chet Holmgren is better than I even thought he could be in his yeah. rookie year. Tonight, 33 points, six boards, two assists, three blocks, one turnover, three personal fouls. If you're blocking that much, you're at the rim that much, you should like... Well, and playing against Embiid. That right. That's the thing. This was the night he guarded Embiid. And he was 13 of 21, 5 of 11 behind the arc. <laughs> I'm... I, I'm telling you right now, y'all, Holmgren, and what did I say, Daryl? What, what did I tell you was my somewhat of a bold statement about the team before we started? You are like, hey, give me one bold statement. And I was like. That Chet would be our number two player. Uh, way earlier. And I said way earlier than people think. Yeah. And yeah. guess what? He's been our best player after the first week of, of play. Yeah. He's been our, our second best, not our best player, our second best player since then. Shea is a bona fide top five, top seven player. He is freaking amazing. Yeah. He is absolutely filthy. Well, and, and I just want to ask this too, Troy, because this has been a thing that we've talked about a little bit. 
overall with this team. Now you have you have Chet, you have SGA, right? You have you have some playmakers on this team, but you also have 135 picks or whatever over the next five years. Do you th- what do you like? What, do you have any idea now that seeing what Chet has become? Do you does your opinion on what they do like what they should do going forward? Has that changed any? No, not at all. And here's why: this team we're the second youngest team in the NBA. It, that's wild. Think about that. We are yeah. the second youngest team in the NBA. You tell me when J Dub is healthy, right? You tell me what part of the NBA game we don't have, right? What do we not have? And when Jay Jay Will and Kenrich has been has come back from in- injury, our rebounding has gotten much better. Yeah, that's true. So, so we have playmakers, we have three point shooters, we have people in the post, we have people um, driving to the lane, we have defense, we have perimeter defense, we have we have um, interior defense. Tell me what part of the NBA game we don't have. That's where I'm like, we don't really need to make moves with this stuff. What what these picks are, in my opinion, is not to go out and get the superstars because we have three to five guys that will be superstars. I'm sorry. We do. And what we need those, we need all of those picks as rotating door because we got to pay the super max to all these dudes. And so the the bench and the players after this is all going to be rookies. It's going to be rotating rookies because, because we won't be able to get anybody because we, like you're telling me we're not going to keep paying Shea or we're not going to pay Chet. We're not going to pay J-Dub. Giddy's probably not going to get the max at this point, but he's going to get darn close. Giddy, Giddy's the Giddy's the X factor to me, right? As far as what the negotiations come out to on his yeah, contract. Exactly. And and so like what do we do? Like with him, Kaysen Wallace seems like he's going to be a good dude. Jay Will needs to be here. He's he's somebody that gives you provides you great minutes off the bench. Isaiah Joe needs to get paid. Like, yeah. And that so, so that's where it's going to be interesting moving forward to me, Troy. And and obviously for this season, it doesn't need to be talked about. We need to talk about is how these pieces fit together for this season. But it and they is fit. Be, they yeah. fit, by the way. But when this season's over, the discussion of things like with the emergence of Case and Wallace, can you really live without Giddy? You know, like can 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 he be that point facilitate, but score some guy right? Or is he the Dort fill in and you let Dort go somewhere else or do sign and trade? Like the, all those discussions are going to be wild this offseason because of all those contracts coming up. But right now, the pieces fit. And they're working. So let me just say this. These are some things I pulled, Troy, that you already know. We are now a little over 16% of the way through the year, and I believe we are tied for now second, technically, right, in the West. Mm -hmm. Um, We are top 10 in offense. We're top 10 in defense in this league. Top five. Top five in both. Sorry, top five now. Before, Before the game, we are the number two offense and the number two defense. Holy cow. And the number one team in net rating. (laughs) that's incredible right uh now i will say this Troy. i do want to ask you this with this start now granted they played a very tough game tonight against the sixers but i do also think that we could say through these first games right through these first 16 games the schedule's been pretty favorable overall right especially when you add in yes and no yes yes and no yes and no i think it's been 
it's been not super tough, but not super easy either. Yeah. I think if everyone had been at full strength, I would feel much better about calling it a tough stretch. But the fact that like Golden State, for instance, was without a good chunk of their roster for both two of those games, right? Makes that game a little less, et cetera. But now look, Sixers were tonight. They're fourth currently in the East, right? You got the Timberwolves who are first in the West, the Lakers who are eighth, the Mavs who are third, the Jazz are 13th, uh, Kings sixth, Nuggets fifth, Nets 11th, Celtics first, Hawks ninth, back to the Nets, and then the Wizards that are 14th, which should be a win, right? But over that 12-game stretch, you are now 0-1. What do you think happens the next 11 out of those 12 games, Troy? What would you guess? I don't know. I don't know. It depends. A lot lot of it comes down to if if J-Dub is going to be back, and I don't know his status, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of it is going to come down to to J-Dub being healthy and full, full bore for a lot of these let's let's say that j-dub is a little bit like shay's knee sprain right that we thought shay was going to be out for like a couple games because it was a sprain and yeah and then he was back one game later right Mm -hmm. let's say that's what this was a little bit more load management problems like the thunder like to do and j-dub's healthy out of those 11 six and five seven and four uh let's now you're gonna make me go Now you're going to make me go to Timberwolves. Go to, probably a loss, right? I, I, I'm, I think the Timberwolves are probably probably overachieving at this point. So I'm not going to say that. Um, next 11. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. Just just do the next 10. Don't do the next 11. Just do the next well, 10. Well, I was trying to do the next 12, but the Sixers game was already done before we got to recording. Let's just. Okay. All right. So weird, so weird, dude. All right, um, <laughs> and we're the best best road team in the NBA at the moment, which is which beautiful. is weird. It, it's weird um, for a young I, team, especially. Yeah, yeah. All, all this, we are not the norm in the NBA. It, does it, it does life it, cycle? I, I know we're we're all biased here, but does it like doesn't it feel like this team has like some? Like X factor, like extra ingredient that's just hard to put your like finger on what it is. Like I hear, yeah, like a culture I'll, I'll, thing almost. Like I'll, yes, I'll say it's two things. One is is it's the culture because even when the second or third team comes in, like the play doesn't dip. Like they're still playing hard. Mm-hmm. They're still playing intense, and it is because of the culture that they have. And I, I was reading up about this of like um, Dagnalt and Shea and the leaders. They don't let it dip from the mm-hmm. high quality that the starters have to the, to the bottom of the bench. Yeah. That being said, the other thing is, um, Oh my God, I just went 40 years old. Oh, the, this team, this team has, that was brutal. This team, um, as the second youngest team in the NBA, they have been through a lot of wars at this point. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of experience. And so, and together, They've got yeah. experience losing. They've got experience losing together. They've got experience winning together. And they've learned a lot of lessons from the last few years. So that being said, back to your question, Daryl. Let's go. Um, at Minnesota, I'm going to say win. Wow. Uh, 
Home against LA, I'm going to say win. I'm going to say loss against Dallas. I'm not saying who's better. I'm just saying in the in the right. Thing. Um, I'm going to say at Dallas we lose. Um, because there's something about Dallas, like they just kind of yeah likes to have our number. I'm going to say um, so that's two and one win against Utah, three and one at Sacramento, loss three and two at Denver. I think we take Denver that one. Oh wow! Um, I, I'm uh, just because you're. It's really hard to sweep a team as good as as the Thunder have been. Um, so it's four and two. Memphis, we win five and two. The Clippers at home. Um, I say we we lose, then we beat the Lakers. So we're like six and four, six and four, seven. I, it, we're going to be anywhere from seven and four to six and five on this the next ten to eleven. Kind of where I I was at least just from my untrained eye, kind of putting it at it's it's pretty incredible. It's it definitely feels like a team ahead of schedule. Um, and like you said, it'll be interesting to see. Like, hey, this team showed me a lot tonight to play the Sixers without J Dub and be right down to the final seconds in that game was an impressive, impressive deal. Dude, you you should have seen this one. Guys, go look at it. This one clip of Chet. He he drains a three pointer. Okay. And then on the on the the ensuing possession, he blocks. I think Tobias Harris or somebody's shot runs down on the break, and he's the second line on the break. Giddy's got the ball on the break, gives it to Chet for for a a massive dunk, just all in a row, boom, boom, boom. And it's like Chet is so good, y'all. Like I cannot yeah. express how good he is going to be. Just need him to stay healthy and to keep his head on yes. straight and keep developing, right? And and pushing forward. And the other thing that's been fun, Troy, you mentioned this. You know, early in the year, it felt like the rotation was really tight, right? That they kind of had eight or nine guys. But in the last week or so, the last probably week to three weeks, you're starting to see that like the bottom end of that rotation kind of rotate in and out a lot. Jay Williams, some nights, some not. Aaron Wiggins, some nights, some not, right? Like kind of depending on the matchup and some different things. And as you said, while the bench isn't always electric, those guys come in and give great energy, very engaged. I I don't know that the culture side of this team really is fun to watch in that vein. And I think maybe that's even part of Dagnalt's kind of strategy is constantly putting those guys in the game where there's always this sense of tonight could be the night that I get to play as opposed to, Hey, you final three on the bench down there. Y'all just keep the seats, you know, dusted off and enjoy watching the game. It, it kind of keeps everybody engaged a little bit. So well, I, go ahead, Jared. Sorry. I was just saying, I mean, it was, what was it? The, I mean, I know it was the Portland game. I know Portland, I think it was Portland, but they, they blew them out, but it was like, they literally played the entire roster. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's still I like I know it's a terrible team, but it's like that's still wild that you did that. So all right. What three man roster? Uh oh. What three three people have played the most together so far this year? Giddy Chet Shay. Giddy Chet J Dub. Huh. That's he that that's the the three three people that have played the most so far. Second most is Dort Shay Chet. Okay. Mm. So, out of all of our three man roster, who is the, who has the best plus minus? Gonna have Joe factored in there somewhere. Okay, what do you think? Joe Chet Shea. 
uh, Joe Shea Kaysen. Wow. At plus 31, and it's not a small sample size. They played 115 minutes together. Hey. The, those three, and it's a plus 31. Here's the thing. The, the, the really fun thing with this team is you put – you put Shea, J Dub, Dort, Kaysen, and Chet together. They can all shoot, they can all play make, and they can all defend. Yep. Because as much as people want to say, like, oh, Shea gets his from the foul line, he doesn't this year. Right. Um he is honestly a first or second team defender. Yeah. He's I believe, hold on. I'm pulling up the stats right now. I want to say. He is, yeah, he is leading by a good margin of steals per game right now in the NBA. Jeez. Shea is. Um, Chet <laughs> is fourth in blocks per game. Um, And he, I th- want to say he is very close to the top in three-point percentage as well. Um, yes. Uh, last time I checked, it's been a little while. Last time I checked, but um, dude, it is it's wild how they're doing this. They're doing it with efficiency because they're not getting the line as much. Shea is fourth in the NBA in points scored right now. Um, it, it's uh, dude, it's they really have fun. so they just have so many pieces. It's wild. So um, the, the, that actually that actually makes me want to ask you a question real quick, Troy. And I think I've asked it before, but I want to ask it especially after this season. Do you think that Sam Presti is a top three GM in the NBA, or where would you rank him? Number one. I don't, and I don't think he's clo- it's close, Jared. Like I don't think it's close. I think there's some really good GMs out there, but dude what he has done and the longevity of it, like him, um, the Spurs GM. Um, yeah, dude, like it's, it's him. Well, like I, it's Preston. like I even told the, the, the bold claim I made last week was I think keeping Sam Presti at Oklahoma city, which given to him, he's been here for what, like 20 years or however long he's been, he's been here. Um, the amount of time that the thunder has been here. Yeah. Yeah. And, I think keeping him as is as paramount as keeping Shea for long term success. I I don't 100%. disagree, hundred percent. And I also think, and I'm going to tell you this right now, Daryl, you you mentioned this. Dagnall is the next great coach in the NBA. Uh, yeah, he's he, Eric Spolstra 2.0. Hey, guess That's by the way, to me. another little offshoot. I just realized this other day. You know who else is actually doing really well in the Eastern Conference? Detroit, nope. Orlando, no, and no, Detroit sucks. Oh. Yeah, they are. And yep. and and I'm so I was like, I think they have like two. I think they play like Orlando. It's like something weird where they play Orlando like twice. I is, think is that Orlando. the is that the team that Troy Weaver went to, which was Presti's protege? Uh, might have been. But either no. way, I'd like I might I might try to go see if I can't sneak off to a. I don't know how much they would cost, but I'll just see how much a man, Magic uh, game would cost to go to to see the Thunder. Oh yeah, no. He yeah. Troy Weaver went to the Detroit, and by the way, the, what a disappointment Detroit is. Um, they're such there's they suck so bad. Yeah, dude, it would be awesome to go to that Orlando Magic Thunder game, Jared. Yeah, that that would be a fun game to go check out. Well, it again. First of all, kudos to Jared. 
because right now your pick of 50 games looks incredible. Kudos to Troy for saying now for what, two years, three years? Shay is the timeline. That has been the line on this podcast for like three years, and you called it before he was all Before he was given the max and all that stuff. All that stuff. You were on that train well early on. You were also on the train of Chet was going to be the real deal. I was not. The only thing I can give myself credit for on this squad, because I wasn't sure about Dort, he's proven me wrong. Uh, Every time that I'm ready to ship off Giddy, he has a great game that makes me go, God, the dude can really ball when he is on. So the only thing I got to hang my hat on is that Poku's not playing minutes. That's that's all I got. That's the only. only but thing. you did lose because he was on the this opening day lineup. He did. Be. Although Jared, I think he's has he played the least minutes of anybody on. Uh, him or Trey Man, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, but yeah, uh, that's that's the only thing is that. It did does. you did you go back and see what was the bet? Uh, who, who, what we all predicted OU's defensive point scored would be. No, I have to go listen to it. Only thing I, I wrote down, the only thing I put in the spreadsheet was y'all's bet for the it was for seventeen the and a half game. Yeah, seventeen and a half points. By the way, speaking of real quick, just interject on current events. Iowa State about to kick a field goal, about to be 42-35. This game is nuts. Like this is gonna be oh, the man. offensive output in this game has got to be ridiculous. Uh it's Florida the last State, game of the Big Twelve. Way, Florida State, by the way, beat Florida. And wow. the QB, whatever's uh, wrote Rodney. He came McCurry. back in. Yeah, he came back in. They put him back in. I was blown away. And he handed it off, and they ran like thirty yards for a touchdown. Wow. Um, at Georgia Tech, by the way, it's they're probably going to lose, but they've kept it close. It's thirty-one twenty-three. There's four minutes, or sorry, three minutes left in the fourth quarter right now. Hey, jeez. Um, it's been so, a wild day of college football. It's been a wild, wild weekend of college football. It's for sure. Yes, it has, and there's there's still co- stuff happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's still by, lots going down. By the way, I know we have, like, uh, are we done with Thunder real quick? Yep. Okay, so first oh. of all, I finally saw Oppenheimer. Uh, oh really, really good. I actually really enjoyed it, even though it was a little weird to have music through, like, the whole thing. Um, <laughs> uh, F1 season wraps up tomorrow in Abu Dhabi, which it's like the championships are all wrapped up. There's some, like, position battles and stuff, but it's always fun. Like, again, this is a race to watch because it's fun because it's the last race of the season, so, like, the teams don't care anymore. Like really like there's a couple of teams that are fighting for a position, but it's like a lot more of like last game, whatever, just like go balls to the wall. So there's a lot more chaos in this race sometimes. So it'll be fun. So I'm, I'm hyped about that. Go ahead. Troy. Yes. For Ross Dellinger from Yahoo sports reporting that Mississippi, Mississippi state is expected to hire Jeff Levy. Wow. Wow. Dellinger is is a guy I would put on the list of a better better so, source on that. So, coaching, so, so from the Discord, coaching dominoes should start to fall soon. Who is that from? I'm not convinced. Stephen from Her Fighters. I'm oh, not okay. convinced Latrell is going to land the job. We'll see how he looks in the bowl game. So he's going to coach the bowl game. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So it sounds like we really do need to do a deep dive of candidates for later I on just, in the week. So I, so I hope this still, does not affect JA, JFA, man. Yeah. Like, 
Still don't believe Levy is an option is option one for Mississippi State, but they either got a firm no from a couple of names or they're just trying to get ahead of other schools who will soon be in the market for a head coach. I could see that. Now that makes some sense. So this is so shout out by the way to Steven from Rough Riders. Love that guy. And they so, are the by the way, that's the Bud Berry Bob podcast he's one of the co-hosts on that podcast that's a great podcast yeah to which came yours back by the way i don't know if you saw that he yeah. released a podcast he got done with his uh his doctorate stuff for this semester or whatever yeah. so um here's yeah. here's the thing i didn't think about now that that steven puts it that way so very quickly on the jeff levy situation troy and and jared do you think the past history of father-in-law slash baylor is pushing him to take this job. I, I, I can't I mean, say it I, is, but I don't know his wife, right? Like that's apparently from again, this is Twitter, so I don't have some source. But there's been a lot of rumors that his wife did not take kindly to how the fan base reacted to her father being on the field and whatever. So I'm sure that's factor. Like as much as people think like this is such a huge thing, it's like. Look, dude, if you're if your family's not happy, if your wife's not happy, that's you know, something to consider. Yeah. Um I think so. I mean, I've seen some stuff from Mississippi State fans that are not. It's kind of one of those weird things. There's it's like 50-50. It was kind of like the OU fan base when they hired Jeff Levy as an OC. Right. The Mississippi Sam Mississippi State fan base is the same way of like, uh, that's a sticky thing that we don't know we will that we want to put our hands right. on. Right. And that's what um, I'm saying. Like Mississippi State is a school that's gonna have to reach a little bit for somebody. Right. And so I agree, Jared. I mean, when when Levy was hired, there was half the people that were cool with it and there were half the people that really didn't like the history there. And it still is a major sticking point with some people on the history. And so is Jeff Levy thinking, I got to go to somewhere that will actually take me as the head coach and take advantage of it and try to make a run at it now? Because if I can win, then all that stuff starts to go away more because you win. It's a lot different than trying to get in that seat with that pass there with no one knowing if I'll be good at it or not. Like, here's my here's my concern. Um, Because I, I do agree with all that. The thing is, is like that that is a whole whole discussion to be had and all that. The biggest thing for you right now is I, I want to know how things are going to play out over the course of the next two or three weeks. Right, right. Uh, oh, you still be to be figure out what their bowl game is. That's still a week or so away. Um, and then you still have signing. The early signing period is until like the 20th or something of December this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I said, if if he takes Joe John Finley, you might lose David Mitchell, who we were, we were just drooling over. Yep. Uh, who else are you going to lose? Like I said, I understand what you're saying. I don't I'm with you. I don't think that it's that it's likely that Jackson Arnold goes, but I can't sit here and say it's 100 percent. Jackson Arnold's not going to go to miss right but i mean that's we'll talk about that as it gets closer i was just trying to yeah is that I, what's pushing him to the job you know i mean i think it plays a part yes i don't think it's what's pushing him i think man i don't know i it doesn't make sense to me in a long-term strategic sort of view like i said it's a checkers move not a chess move but again i if that's i guess if that's maybe there's some more stuff that's played out maybe Maybe the uh, the boosters and the 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 administration mm-hmm. were way more upset about the whole 
our brows thing than even some of us were. I mean, I'm not saying I wasn't upset, but maybe some of them are saying we really don't. I hadn't care thought about days. that. Maybe it's a little bit of that too. So I mean, as much as I don't want to make it sound like we're Texas or A and M with the whole booster thing, right? They're the ones that are backing up the the Brinks truck to pay people. Sure, right? Sure, sure and, sure. and and the only thing I can think is maybe they went to the administration and said, "Look, we'll we'll back up whatever you need to to go get whoever." Right. Uh, I don't think you can get Sharon Moore. That's probably like the I, it, after today. I wasn't quite sold on him. Thought he was really good, but today he called a really good game. Yeah. Um. And he's really he's when you think about it, he's coached what six games this season yeah. or something. Well, and let's let's make all that the discussion later on the week because we've already gone long as it is. Um. We we stacked it in. There was a lot to get to though with all the the rivalry games and all the scenarios and different things. Having Troy back, it's been it has been great. Troy, it was awesome to have you back, my friend. And um, you only derailed the flow one time. Full I'm snap. Re- I'm really yeah, disappointed Darryl, Darryl- in you. Daryl, you, de- you derailed it more than he did, actually. I, that's a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. I mean, y'all did it to get us there, but sure, I'll take the brunt of that. That's no problem. So um, I'll, I'll take the brunt of it. So, Hey, Jared, did Daryl tell you how much trading I've been doing in our fantasy league? No. It's been it's been glorious. Are you the same Presti of the fantasy league? I kind of feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel that I, way. I would point. put him on that plane in the fantasy world right now. He is he is stacked up with cash and keepers, um, is what he's stacked up with. So not wins this season, not wins, not wins. <laughs> no, not but wins. he got the rest of it. So, uh, anyways, again, this is the Just Okay Sports Podcast. Um, we are having a great time. We hope you are too. That's Troy. That's Jared. I'm Daryl. And if you uh, would come back again, we would like it. So subscribe so you know when we've got stuff coming out. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye, Baker. Love you so much. You can unhitch the wagon. Put the ponies in the ball.